in our study here in Hebrews chapter 11, just one verse this morning. If you've ever had the opportunity to walk through a Hall of Fame building, whether it's a sports Hall of Fame or business or, or maybe a business who has had many CEOs or presidents, many, many times when you walk through that building, there is going to be a portrait gallery. Maybe on the walls, maybe as you walk down a hallway, there are going to be pictures on both sides of the wall or maybe just on one side of the wall. And really, as we walk through the book of Hebrews, that's what we find. We find a gallery of portraits. It's, many folks have called Hebrews 11 the Hall of Faith, right? And we see many portraits as we walk through Hebrews chapter number 11. We begin right in verse number 4. We begin with Abel and we continue on. And in our verse this morning... If we were ever able to walk through a gallery like that, a gallery that would picture the individuals from Hebrews chapter number 11, we would come to this picture this morning and we might, just might wonder, what is she doing here? She doesn't belong here. The truth is, this morning, none of them do. But they're all there because of one reason. It's because of faith. And we might come to this portrait this morning that we find here in verse number 31, and we might in and of ourselves, because many times, even as Christians, we can become a little pious, and we can say, what in the world is this lady doing here? She doesn't deserve to be here. She doesn't deserve to be in a gallery, her photo doesn't deserve to be next to verse number 30, doesn't deserve to be next to Joshua. Her picture doesn't deserve to be next to Moses. Picture definitely doesn't deserve to be on the same wall as Joseph. But it is. Because of one reason. It was because of faith. Look at verse number 31 with me. If you're physically able to stand, if you'll stand with me, we'll read verse 31. We'll allow the children to be dismissed. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 31. The Bible says, by faith. By faith, the harlot Rahab. By the way, this morning, I do not want to diminish that word. That, that's, a, that's a terrible word. That's a terrible description of an individual. Harlot. Our minds go to terrible thoughts. Our minds go to uh, terrible characteristics, if you will, when we think about that word harlot. So I don't want to diminish that this morning. It's a terrible thing for a lady to be a harlot. But it's a wonderful thing to know that even a harlot can be saved by the grace of God. And the Bible says, by faith, the harlot Rahab perish not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And for the next few moments this morning, I'd like to preach to us on this subject. What is she doing here? What is she 
speaking of Rahab, what is she doing here? Father, teach us and help us today. Father, if there be one here today, or maybe two, or maybe even several, Lord, I do not, do not know hearts you do if there be folks here today without Christ. Father, I pray that today that they would maybe finally see that it's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the finished work of Christ. It's the blood that washes away sin. It's not who we are. It's not what we've done. It's not our spiritual heritage, as wonderful as it may be. It's the blood of Christ. And Father, if there be one here today who has never had their sins plunged beneath the blood of Christ, Lord, I pray that today would be that day. Then, Father, for those of us as believers who have, just as Rahab, who have had our sins washed and cleansed by the blood of Christ, Father, I pray that maybe today our thankfulness and gratefulness would be stirred a little bit, maybe afresh and anew we would once again bend a knee and bend a heart and say, Father, thank you for the salvation that you have provided. Father, teach us and help us today. I, I pray the very same thing for our children who just walked out these doors. Father, if there would be children who need to be saved today, Father, I pray that they would see their need for the Savior. Father, I'm thankful for the song the young adults sang. And I'm thankful that no matter what the circumstance looks like, Father, I'm thankful that you've already won the victory. And Father, that steps that may look like steps to defeat are steps to victory. Lord, when you lead us in circles seven times around a city and it seems like there's no end or there's no rhyme or reason for where we're going and what we're doing, Father, and just doing the same old thing, the mundane thing, day after day, Father, I'm thankful that you have a reason and you have a purpose. And steps that look like they're headed for defeat, Father, they're steps of victory. Father, thank you for your goodness to us this morning. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the blood of Christ. Father, I pray that you'd help us and teach us this morning. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated this morning. If you have a bulletin, you have the outline on the back there. I just want to give you three, three truths real quickly this morning. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 31. What is she doing here? You would say, Pastor, I wouldn't ask that question. You might not, but others would, would and others have. What is she doing here? I want to give you two reasons this morning. First of all, why people might say she doesn't belong there. She doesn't belong in Hebrews chapter 11. And then I want to give you a third thought this morning. Not a thought, a truth of why she does belong. Number one this morning, Rahab doesn't belong here. Rahab doesn't belong here. She doesn't belong in Hebrews chapter 11. She doesn't belong with all of these other giants, as we would call them, of the faith. Rahab doesn't belong here, number one, because she's not a Hebrew. As we have worked our way through Hebrews chapter number 11, individual after individual, whether it began with Abel, whether it was Enoch, whether it was Abraham or Sarah, Joseph, Joshua and Moses, Amram and Jochebed, the parents of Moses, they're Hebrews, they're Jews. And remember who the Apostle Paul is speaking to here in the book of Hebrews. He is speaking to Hebrews. And he's trying to get them to see that, that Christ is better. That, that Christ is better than the shadows. That the substance is better than the shadow. That Jesus Christ is better than the, the, the earthly tabernacle and the sacrifices. Jesus Christ is better. 
And in chapters 9 and 10, he speaks about the blood and he speaks about the sacrifice of Christ. And then he comes to Hebrews chapter 11 and he begins this great discourse on faith. And he's trying to bring these Hebrews, those who have believed, he's trying to encourage them and strengthen them. And those who haven't believed yet, he's trying to bring them across that threshold and say, listen, Jesus Christ is better than the law. Jesus Christ is better than the tradition. Jesus Christ is better than the old rituals. Jesus Christ is better. So he has all these Jews, all these Hebrews, all these patriarchs. And then he comes to one that to the Hebrews wouldn't have made any sense, but then again, it would have made the point even more. Because it's not about being a Hebrew. Salvation is not because you are a Jew. It's not because you are a Hebrew. It's because of Jesus Christ. It's because of the blood that was shed. It is by faith. Whether a Hebrew, by the way, remember we mentioned the, the, the Jews, the nation of Israel, that they didn't make it through that last plague. The, the plague where the firstborn were, were all destroyed. They didn't make it through that just because they were Hebrews. Right? They made it because of what? The blood on the door. The blood on the doorpost. Because there were Egyptians who believed as well. There were Egyptians who most likely came into the house with the Israelites who most likely believed because the Bible says that the individuals that came out, there was a mixed multitude. There were Egyptians that came out with the Israelites as well. They weren't saved just because they were Hebrews. They were saved by the blood. They didn't make it through the Red Sea and then the Egyptians were drowned in the Red Sea because they were Hebrews. They made it because of their faith. The Bible says that in verse number, verse number 29. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, excuse me, land, which the Egyptians assigned to do. The Egyptians attempted to do the same thing. They didn't make it. They drowned because they weren't coming through by faith. Number one, Rahab doesn't belong here. Why? Because she's not a Hebrew. Take your Bibles, would you, and go to Romans with me this morning. Romans chapter number one. By the way, I'm saying this morning, this is what some would say. She doesn't belong here. Why? Because she's not a Hebrew. Romans chapter one and verse number 16. The Apostle Paul, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. What is the gospel of Christ? It is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, according to the Scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15. And he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that what? What's the word there? That believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. To every one that believeth, go a little bit further in the book of Romans, Romans chapter number 10, very familiar passage, Romans 10, we'll begin reading in verse number 9, Romans 10 in verse number 9, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, not maybe, not might be, not, uh, not, not uh, if you do this and if you keep the law or if, you do, if you're circumcised or if you're baptized. No, no, no. It says, Thou shalt be saved, for the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Verse 12, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, 
shall be saved. Rahab doesn't belong here. She's not a Hebrew. Go a little bit further. Galatians chapter number 3. Galatians chapter number 3. We'll begin reading in verse number 26. Galatians 3 and verse number 26. Rahab doesn't belong here. Why? Because she's not a Hebrew. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. The Bible says, for, you all the, excuse me, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For ye are, what's the word there? All. For ye are all the children of God by what? Faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all... And by the way, that right there doesn't mean there's not male and female. That means that when it comes to salvation, that, that just men can't be saved or just women can be saved. That means they both can be saved. That's the point here. People use this verse to say, well, look, the Bible says there's neither male nor female. There's really no gender. It's not what that's saying at all. Read the context. Are, are there Jews and Greeks? Absolutely. Are there bonded free? Absolutely. He says, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And notice verse 29. And if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Rahab doesn't belong here. She's not a Hebrew. Look at Ephesians. One more passage. Ephesians chapter number 2 verse 11. Let's begin reading in verse 11. By the way, that's a false statement, isn't it? The first two, these first two points this morning, those are false statements. That's what people will say. She doesn't belong here. She's not a Hebrew. She doesn't belong here. She doesn't have a good spiritual heritage. I'm thankful for my spiritual heritage. But listen, that had nothing to do with mine. I mean, it did have something to do with it because, um, because I was constantly around it. But it didn't make me saved. I had to call upon the Lord myself. And, and sometimes, well, we can get this idea, well, I grew up in a good Christian home, so that means, that, that means I'm a good Christian. No. Well, 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 I've done this, or I've been a good person, and, and, and I'm an American. Every American's a Christian. <laughs> Brother Jackie laughed. That's good, isn't it? That's a, no, they're not. Every American's a Christian. By the way, I believe it. we're at the point where other countries need to start sending missionaries to us. Because we're not doing the job. We're not planting enough churches. We're, we're not getting the gospel out. No, there are lots of Americans who aren't Christians. Probably the vast majority. But we get this idea, well, I'm an, I'm an American. I live in a Christian nation. I must be a Christian. I'm a Jew, so I must be... Right with God. No, no, no. Romans chapter 2, or excuse me, Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 11, it says, Wherefore, I don't forget the context here. You know verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 11, Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope 
and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. It's all about Christ. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Not because I'm at Maranatha Baptist Church, not because I'm a member here. As much as we love this place and as much as we love this church and as much as we love the people who God has brought together here, I am not saved because of that. It's because we are, we are a church because we're all in Christ. He said, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made what? Nigh by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments containing ordinances, for to make in Himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that He might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh, for through Him we both have access by one Spirit, Unto the Father. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom also, or excuse me, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Number one, Rahab doesn't belong here, she's not a Hebrew. There might be someone in here this morning, and you might say, I don't belong here. I didn't grow up in a good home. I don't even belong in this church this morning. I, I didn't grow up in a good home. I, I don't have a suit on like the pastor does. I, I don't belong here this morning. Listen, here's the truth. None of us do. We're only here because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We only belong because of Jesus Christ. We're part of this church, Maranatha Baptist Church, a called out assembly because we've been saved and baptized biblically. It's all about the blood of Christ. It's not about being an American. It's not about being a Tennessean as much as I love living in Tennessee. It's not about that. It's about Jesus Christ. And so if you're here this morning, you would think that, well, I don't belong here. I didn't grow up in church. Jesus Christ makes everyone or can make everyone belong in his family. Number one, Rahab doesn't belong here. She's not a Hebrew. Number two, Rahab doesn't belong here. She's a harlot. She's a harlot. Now again, let me say this. That's a terrible thing. I don't want to diminish that at all. Young ladies, you ought to desire to be pure in your life and in your bodies. But some might say she doesn't belong here. She's a harlot. We know her reputation. Well, I say again, It's not about her reputation. It's not about what she's done. It's about her faith and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look again at Hebrews 11 if you're there. Notice what it says. It says, by what? Faith. By faith. Oh yeah, she was a harlot. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies. With peace. Rahab doesn't belong here. She's a harlot. Let me say this. A person gets saved, they ought to grow. 
if a person's been saved for 10 years and they're still living in sin, that's a problem. A person's been saved 20 years and they're still living in sin, that's a problem. We ought to grow. We ought to have a desire to be better. We ought to have a desire to be consecrated and dedicated and completely set apart for the one who gave everything for us. That's a problem. But a person who gets saved, God's people and the church ought to give a space of grace for growth. Well, man alive, look at them. They, they ought not be here. And we could, we could go down the litany, couldn't we? Look at how they dress, look at how they act, look at how they talk. Look at some of the things they do. Space of grace. You don't expect a newborn. You don't expect a newborn to get up immediately and bathe himself and clothe himself and feed himself. You have to do that for him, don't you? Same thing with a newborn Christian. See, I can't, I, I can't expect a newborn Christian to act just like some of y'all act who have been saved for 30, 40, and 50 years because y'all have had 30, 40, 50 years of growth and you act a little differently. By the way, you should. If you've been saved for 30 years, you ought to act different than a newborn Christian acts. Because you know, because you've grown, because you've been taught from the Word of God. But for a newborn Christian, there ought to be a grace and help and discipleship for them to grow. Rahab shouldn't be here. She's a harlot. By the way, we do that sometimes, don't we? Well, man, look how their kids act. They just got saved. Their kids sure don't act right in church. That's because they just got saved. They haven't had anybody teach them how to train children yet. They haven't had anybody teach them how to, how, how to rear children yet. And you know what? They're going to learn. And, and, and they're going to grow and they're going to know, hey, you know what? I ought not let my kids just run crazy in the auditorium. I ought not let my kids act that way. I ought not let my kids act that way in Walmart either. I'll not let my kids act that way at home. I'll not let my kids back talk and, and be disrespectful at home and disobey at home just like I ought not do that at church. Space of grace. And by the way, instead of making a comment, well, my goodness, they don't know how to do anything. Why don't you go over and put your arm around them and start to help them? Start to teach them. Start to be an encourager to them. Number one, Rahab doesn't belong here. She's not a Hebrew. Hey, let's look at one passage real quickly and we'll go to number three because this is where I want to spend my time on number three. Would you take your Bibles and go to the book of Luke real quickly. Luke chapter number 18. Luke chapter number 18. Rahab doesn't belong here. She's not a Hebrew. Rahab doesn't belong here. She's a harlot. Luke chapter 18 and verse number 9. Luke 18 and verse number 9, the Bible says, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in, what's the word there? Themselves, that they were righteous and despised others. 
here we have the Pharisee and here we have the publican and he spake this parable unto certain. He's speaking this to the Pharisees, to the self-righteous and it says to them which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised those that weren't righteous. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. Man, you, you think quite a bit about yourself. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. By the way, somebody that has to tell you they tie or they fast twice a week, they probably don't. Because most people who do it aren't going to tell anybody. Verse 13. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You know who this is? This is Rahab. I mean, this isn't Rahab here, but this is a picture of Rahab. The publican. God, I don't deserve to be here. The Bible says that he stood afar off. He's not standing in the, in the important place like the Pharisee. He, he's not standing in the place of reputation like the Pharisee. He's standing afar off because in his mind, I don't belong in here. But the Bible says he wouldn't even lift up his head, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Verse 14, I tell you, Jesus Christ said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. By the way, Jesus Christ says that we have to come how? We have to come as what? As little children. We have to humble ourselves. And people talk about, well, you know, he's, he's this age. I don't think he could be saved. He's this age. Ah, he's just too young to be saved. Listen, Jesus Christ is the one who said, suffer the little children to come unto me. They're the ones that understand. They're the ones that in their little minds, they don't have any self-righteousness. They don't have any pride. They're humble. And he said, adults, all of us, all of us have to come as a little child. How humbly. Because the Bible says here, He that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. What, what, what happens when a person comes to the Lord Jesus Christ? You know what they're doing? They're humbling themselves and admitting and acknowledging there's absolutely nothing that I can do for myself. I have no power. But there's one who has all power. Number one, Rahab doesn't belong here. She's not a Hebrew. Number two, Rahab doesn't belong here. She's a harlot. Number three, if we would ever make those statements or if anyone would ever make that statement, the Lord Jesus Christ, number three, could say without a doubt, Rahab most definitely belongs here. She's my heir. H-E-I-R. She's my heir. Would you take your Bibles and go back to the book of Romans again? Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8 has nothing to do with her being a Hebrew, nothing to do with her being a harlot. As much as I'm not trying to diminish that this morning. But none of us are here today and none of us are saved today and none of us have the confidence and assurance of salvation today because of how good we are. Or at least we shouldn't. 
It's a false assurance if you have it because of that. No, if we have any assurance or confidence about our salvation, it's because our confidence, our assurance, our faith, our trust, trust has been placed in the only one who can give us that confidence, and that's Jesus Christ. It's not in the baptistry. It's not in how much money you put in the offering place. It's not how good you are to people. I'm thankful that you're good to people. You ought to be. If you're a Christian, you ought to be good to people. You ought to talk to people with some manners. You ought to treat people right. But that doesn't get me saved. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. The Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in what? In Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, excuse me, Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be filled, excuse me, fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Would you drop down to verse 14? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. Rahab most definitely belongs here. She's my heir. By the way, John chapter 3, we're not going there, but in John chapter 3, the Bible says that you must be what? Born again. Hey, sometimes I think we get this, this doctrine of adoption, we get it wrong. Yes, I'm adopted into his family, but here's the truth, I was born into his family. I'm not a second class child. I was born by the blood of Christ into his family. You must be born again. Ephesians 2.1, it says, you, you, you who are dead in sins and trespasses, you've been what? You've been quickened. You've been made alive. We were born again. Our spirit was revived, or not revived. It was made alive. We were born again into the family of God. She is my heir. How do I become His heir? By birth. By being born again. Through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not through anything else. Well my daddy was a member of a church for 50 years. Great. What about you? Well I've been a member for 20 years. That's not what we're talking about. When did you get saved? When were you born again? When did you put your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ? Rahab most definitely belongs here. Why? Because she is my heir. Two things here. First of all, she is my heir because of her belief. And she is my heir because of my blood. She is my heir because of her belief. Hebrews eleven thirty one. Take your Bibles if you would and go back to the book of Joshua real quickly. We're almost done. Joshua chapter number 2. Rahab most definitely belongs here. She's my heir. While you're turning to Joshua 2, I want to read a couple of passages, if I could, real quickly. Titus chapter number 3, verses 4 through 7. The Bible says, But after that kindness, but after that the kindness and love of our, excuse me, of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior 
that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Hebrews chapter 6, where where we have been studying in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 13, the Bible says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, Surely blessing, I will bless thee, and multiply, and I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God, verse 17 willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil." Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Rahab most definitely belongs here. She's my heir. How does she become his heir? She is his heir. She is my heir. Jesus Christ could say because of her belief and because of my blood. Look at Joshua chapter 2, verse number 9. Because of her belief. Joshua chapter 2 and verse number 9. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terrors fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither, excuse me, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. Notice this. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. How does she become His heir? Through her belief and through His blood. Would you, would you look just a little bit further here in Joshua chapter number 2? Look at verse 18. The Bible says, Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou did let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. What did she hang in the window? It's the scarlet thread. Some might say, well, that was the scarlet thread that she hung in the window when she was looking for a customer. Oh, but dear friend, this morning, the scarlet thread of the blood of Christ runs from Genesis to Revelation. The unfolding drama of redemption goes from Genesis to Revelation. The blood of Christ we see in Genesis chapter number 3 was promised that God would send a sacrifice. The revelation ends in chapter number 22 saying, Come. Come. He that is a thirst, come. Come. And dear friend, this morning I look around and, and I know almost everyone and almost everyone gives a testimony of salvation. But dear friend, I don't know your heart. And if you're here this morning, listen to me. 
We're talking about life and death. We're talking about eternity and eternity in the, in the flames of fire, in hell to be cast into the lake of fire. We're talking about eternity in the glories of heaven in the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about. Listen, we're not talking about a video game today. We're not talking about where you're going to eat lunch later. Well, do I want McDonald's? Do I want Taco Bell? Do I want Olympic? Do, do I want taco versus sushi? You know, We'll start to get you hungry now, right? That's not the decision we're talking about. That's not a life or death decision. But what you have done with Christ is a life or death decision. And once death comes, and once you take your last breath here and step over the threshold into eternity, it's too late. Because God gives us time right now. You're breathing right now. You're here right now. You're hearing God's Word right now. And God is giving us time and opportunity now to make the decision. Will I receive or will I once again reject? And maybe it's not a rebellious type of rejection where, no, I, I just, I never want Jesus Christ. I don't believe in any of that. It's not that. It's just, well, maybe later. By default, you have rejected. You'll either receive or you reject. Would you go back to Hebrews 11? And I have more passages, but I want to be done. Would you look at Hebrews eleven thirty one once again? Rahab doesn't belong here. She's not a Hebrew. Rahab doesn't belong here. She's a harlot. By the way, both false statements. Rahab most definitely belongs here because she's an heir of the Lord Jesus Christ. How? By her faith and by His blood. Hebrews chapter 9 talks about the blood of Christ, Christ taking His blood into the tabernacle in heaven. But I want you to notice again, verse 31. By faith, the harlot Rahab, what's the next two words? Perished not. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Perished not with them, that is the idea, they did perish. With them, that, what's the next two words? Believe not. Believe not. Have you believed this morning? Have you placed your faith and trust lock, stock, and barrel in the finished work of Christ? Not part way, not a little bit. Well, I trust a little bit in Christ, but a little bit in my good works, a little bit in my baptism. You know, I, I got a little trust in several different areas. I'm, I've got myself covered. If you want to have yourself covered, you trust in one person, and that's Jesus Christ. Because His blood is sufficient to forgive all sin. And I came this morning to ask you, do you know do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? By faith, have you come to Christ and had your sins washed by His blood? Rahab! She doesn't belong here. She doesn't belong next to Moses. She doesn't belong next to Joseph. She doesn't belong next to Abel. Remember as kids, that little, I don't know if it was on Sesame Street or what, but 
one of these things is not like the others. You remember that? She's not like the others. By the way, notice in the very next verse. Notice verse 32. Look, look, at, look at the list. Who, look at the individuals who only get just a short, brief, just a mention. Gideon. David. Now, David gets a lot of the Bible, doesn't he? But it just says David also. But Rahab gets a whole verse. Why? Because she belongs. Because of her faith. Have you placed your faith in Christ? The Bible says in the book of Colossians that we are complete in Him. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter. And I, I just I want to be done. But the wonderful thing is, it wasn't just Rahab, it was her family too. We saw that Wednesday night in Joshua chapter 6. Her family was in there with her as well. By the way, when, when God does a work, He does it completely, doesn't it? He doesn't just repair, He transforms. By the way, let me say this and I'm done. We'll pray. God never consults our past to determine our future. Aren't you glad for that? Now, there are consequences sometimes that, that hurt our future. I understand that. Don't, don't come and argue with me afterward. I know that. But just because she was a harlot didn't mean she couldn't be saved. By the way, just because she was a harlot didn't mean God could, couldn't use her tremendously. Can I give you a passage? Matthew 1, verses 1 through 16. Rahab and her husband had a little boy. You know what his name was? Rahab and her husband, read Matthew 1. You know what his name was? Boaz! That's a pretty big deal, isn't he? Boaz was the what? Kinsman Redeemer. Oh, God can use anybody, can he? Read Matthew 1. Rahab and her husband, Salmon, or however you pronounce it, had a boy. His name was Boaz. What is she doing here? She's here by faith. Father, thank you for the time you've given us this morning. Father, I pray, Lord, please, oh please, if there be someone here today that has never placed their faith in Christ, in His finished work, His shed blood, Father, may today be that day. Father, it's life and death. You, you've made the way. You, you did the hard work. You paid the price. Steps that looked like defeat were steps of victory. Father, all we have to do is place our faith in what you have done. And Father, I pray for one that might be here today. Lord, I don't know, maybe everybody here today is saved. And I praise your name if that's true. But Father, if there's someone that's not, Father, may you crush the pride. May, may you remove any obstacles or hindrances that would keep them from taking a step and making that decision this morning. Father, help. We need you, Lord. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Real quickly, Miss Joe's at the piano, but real quick, quickly, with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask this morning. Would there be someone, a man, woman, a teenager, a young man, young lady, you say, Pastor, I don't know if there's ever been a time when I have placed my faith. Romans 10, 9 through 13, we read it. For with the heart man believeth unto salvation, and with confession, or with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say, Pastor, I've never done that. I, I, I've never 
had the Holy Spirit work in my heart. There's never been that belief and never a a prayer of, of confession, of calling upon the Lord Jesus Christ to save me. Pastor, I've never been saved. I've never placed my faith in Christ, but Pastor, I need to. Or at least you might say, Pastor, just pray for me this morning. I don't want you to embarrass me, but I want you to pray for me this morning. Would there be anybody like that? Man, woman, young lady, young man. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure this morning that I'm saved. I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure that I would belong in Hebrews 11 because I've never placed my faith in Christ. Would there be anybody at all with a raised hand? You say, Pastor, please pray for me this morning. All right, let's stand to our feet this morning. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Miss Joe's going to play. Nobody raised hand, but friend, if you're here without Christ, don't hesitate. Believer, how grateful are you that you do belong? How grateful are you that Jesus Christ or what Jesus Christ has done for us and continues to do on a daily basis? She belongs because of her belief and because of His blood. You say, Pastor, if I come this morning, people will think I'm saved and people will laugh and I'll be embarrassed because most folks have thought I've been saved for quite some time. Listen, folks won't laugh at all. They will rejoice. They'll rejoice with you this morning. Pastor, you don't know the things I've done in my life. Don't deserve God's love, His salvation, His mercy, His grace. Well, dear friend, that's true for all of us. We don't deserve it. But that's what grace and mercy are all about. Grace is God giving us something we don't deserve. And mercy is God giving us, not giving us that which we do deserve. Rahab sure proved that to all of us today.